Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by adult fantasy author K.L. Corkridge. Hello, hello. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. It is a pleasure. I want to start right off and oh, help, help us if I do my timer. I'm always forgetting that. We'll just push start on that. <laughs> Count it down for 20 minutes. Um, so I want to start off about your writing habits. Um, I'll tell you what, when I read this, I was like, oh, girl, this is my girl. <laughs> um, I hear that you on Saturday mornings, you have a particular routine. And... Well, <laughs> I had I had to adjust that routine because uh, if, if I do it too much, then I'm not very productive. <laughs> oh. Oh, geez. Now, I'm not sure what happened, but my video in on Facebook died. So we're going to continue. I'll just reboot it from here. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. So, okay. Um, push the right buttons here. So you've had to adjust it a little bit. So there's no more. Yeah. Bloody... So if you're referring to my love for Bloody Marys, yeah. which I assume that you are. <laughs> yes. um, and, and, and honestly, that was when, that was before I went full-time writing. So I was really looking forward to Saturday every week because it was my only day of the week that I could write just purely. Um, because for a long time, I was working seven days a week between working full time and then writing. And then I went down to part time and now I'm full time writing. Um, and I and I do some little side gigs uh, on the side too. But I would always look forward to Saturday mornings <laughs> and I would treat myself with a Bloody Mary. I love Bloody Marys. And it got to the point where if I... I if I had two, then I noticed I could not write as well. Like I couldn't, I just like couldn't get the words out. So not that like I was intoxicated or anything. I just was slower. And um, I realized, you know, one's fine. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I had a day today, so I had a couple glasses of wine. And oh, I was <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm drinking coffee. I got to even it out. But um, <laughs> I, I had I was talking to uh, Laura, and I was like, "Man, eyeliner's going to be challenging tonight." <laughs> <laughs> um, but since we started right off talking about your writing, let's take um, a little bit of about. See the maze of thoughts outside of your regular story plotting routine, because I hear that you just have this maze that you go through for your thinking process and your thoughts just kind of like in my plotting. Yes. My plotting working yes. Well, yes. so I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny. Every author, as I get to know them more and more, every author has their own methodology and their own processes to how they. Uh, like to plot if they plot unless they're a pantser and so for me um, I, I mean, I'm not gonna comment term. to I, the pantser I am not a pantser I, I buckle my pants very tightly I'm very uh, just uh, liturgical in how I think and so when I approach plotting and I've only done it twice so don't quote me on this. My method may change and, and evolve over time. But what I like to do is basically plot it to death. So I start out by creating a timeline 
um, around my wall. Like I have an office at home. And, and the first time I did this actually was at a coffee shop. And I went on a day, this is many, many years ago when I started the first book. I um, did it in a room at a coffee shop during hours. I knew that it would be vacant so that I could commandeer their space. And this was back when I lived in an apartment. But now I have my own office. So what I do is I take uh, three different colored um, post-it notes and they each represent a different POV, a different point of view in right. my uh, work. And I basically create a timeline around the room. And so I'll write in events that need to happen, revelations that need to happen, and then I'll fill in the gaps, things that are going to either get us to those places or are going to um, kind of create little red herrings or whatever. And what I'll start to do is assign them to a colored post-it note. And then I will decide whose POV that's going to be revealed in, whose POV is that going to take place in. And then I'll start adding details in corresponding post-its like below that. And then I'll move them around and get them into the timeline that I like. And at this point, I probably have a hundred post-it notes that run around two or three walls in my office. <laughs> and so I literally like a crime scene, like a crime scene investigator, like I like to see it like around me. And then after I get that done for insurance, I take photos of it, but then I immediately go into um, transferring it. Cause like that would suck if I lost it. Then I go and transfer that into a kind of like a project plan notebook. Um, and I start to just assign those post-its to the chapters. And that gives me an idea of my final chapter count. Now, in the first book, I did end up adding two extra chapters uh, by the end. Um, in this book, I did not add this next one coming out, uh, House of Derek I coming out. I, I didn't add any new ones. Now they ended up being fatter than I anticipated. But um, once I have the chapter by chapter outline in terms of what's occurring when and occasionally I will move things around later on but not usually then when I start to write I will before I even start in the word document I have a whiteboard where um, I will basically flip to that in my project plan book where like the chapter that I'm at and I will build myself a very detailed outline of what's going to occur how it's going to occur where it's going to occur and that sort of thing. And then if there's any pantsing that happens at all, it's more, I relate it more to just coloring in the lines. It's things that, you know, I may know um, that they're going to have a certain conversation in a certain area, but I may not know until I get into the Word document how they're going to get there or something. Um, so for the most part, though, it is pretty involved, my, my personal plotting, and that's where I feel safe. Awesome. I, you know, I said this to one other author interview that I had, and mm -hmm. uh, you won't get to see it. You might get to watch the video later, but I'm going to bow mm -hmm. to you. Are you ready? I'm not mm -hmm. worthy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. You all, seriously, I, back in the day, and this has been 10 years ago, when I did my very first book, I had uh, a poster board and I had post-its and I had lines for where the characters joined and whether organization that they were involved in or anything like that where it was connected to somebody else and I had layers like that. But nothing, nothing on this level. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so my assistant, Madalena, she's probably listening in. 
Um, she, she does like to tell me sometimes that I, she doesn't put it in these terms, but she very, uh, nicely in other words, will basically call out all the time that I'm really over the top. Like, I just, I just don't know how to stop. Like if I have an idea, I just go so hardcore with it, um, that it becomes kind of a life of its own. And that's, that's really how the website became what it is today. Um, I did want it to be a kind of a reader resource outside of the pages. I did always intend for that. But the level of detail on that website, the amount of artists that have um, partnered with me on that, I mean, that with that to that degree was never intended. I just I just don't know how to stop. Like, I don't know how to pull back. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like my small fan base uh, probably loves me for it. But my husband probably <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I have all your social media links up, so now I am loading the site, so I want to see mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. The site is, when I tell people about the site, I usually just tell them that they just need to go and experience it, um, to, because to explain it to people is just really embarrassing. The more I explain it, the more dorky I feel, um, <laughs> even though I love it. <laughs> so you'll see there are, like, the first couple tabs, you know, that's normal, that's right. that's normal the first couple stuff um but then you get into the map um there are regional biographies that break down not only the the regional kind of diagnostics but the um in the in the geography of it but also the um the environmental the political the going into even like their economy how are how is their commerce happening that sort of thing and then uh, to keep regions straight, because I mean, admittedly, my work is pretty complex and it's easy to get lost. Um, then we have the big boy, which is the glossary. The glossary is <laughs> it's really over the top. I'm still on the map. I'm still on the map. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, when you get to glossary. Okay. Um, all right. All right. I'm clicking glossary. We're getting there. We're getting there. It is huge. And and that is because I really do have a love for language. I just really do have a love for words. And um, and this is going to sound weird, but honestly, like the sound of words. I love the sound of of uh, how different words are pronounced and um, especially in different languages. And then there's like a melodic quality to different languages that is kind of like a it's kind of like a, a, a vocal thumbprint mm-hmm. from different regions. And so I wanted to create that. Um, and so that's why the online glossary is divided by region. Uh, in, now in the books, I do have a full alphabetical glossary um, available for people who are a bit more analytical. But then if you scroll down, uh-huh. you have pronunciation <laughs> videos for the majority of terms. Okay, wait. I still have okay, to wait. in the ones for before, before we go too far, tell me. Now, this is just the tip of the to- off my tongue, okay, based on what we're talking about, all right? Because I've got questions written down, but I might just pull them out of my hat as we keep going. Um, tell me your background. I mean, for to be this detailed, tell me what your education and your background. I am, okay, this is, okay, this is where it gets the most embarrassing. I am completely unqualified. I have no qualification. Well, I do not have a college degree. I graduated high school and went into a trade and then I became an educator for that trade. So I was an adult educator for a while. And from that, I went into, um, I did that for many years. And then I went into like the corporate sector just to switch things up and, um, and did a lot of things with process management and C-suite level support and stuff like that. Okay. And from that, I started writing. Um, and so a lot, 
I just don't have any background in in what I'm doing. Okay, tell me what your trade was. I did hair. You did uh, so hair. I, I did okay. full cosmetology. Okay. My license covered everything um, from esthetology to, to cosmetology. And then I taught that um, for a long time. Okay. Um, you you remind me a little bit of my husband. Um, <laughs> just because, and that's not a bad thing. Okay, don't take it as bad. Um, I'm always very impressed with I actually husband. get compared to men a lot, so it's pretty well, normal. Well, yeah, that, I mean, he is very, he did do a little bit of college. He went to college while he was in high school, so he graduated a couple years early. Um, but he also, he has a, a weekend job, but he also, which is his main job, but he also teaches adult education as well. And he, so he didn't go to school for it. He picked it up while he was picking up his own trade. And, but he is a very, let's just say very book smart, very book smart. I mean, he can read something and already have it. So you remind. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of this era is, you know, you can educate yourself. Yes. I mean, I'm not devaluing yeah. uh, going to university. Oh, no, no, it's very, no. That's, that's a great accomplishment. Uh, it's just not one that I have, but the beauty is, People can still better themselves and educate themselves. I mean, there's so much information just ready at our fingertips. Right. You seem to be uh, the very well taught to uh, really absorb it all and grow from what you're doing. Um, yeah. Again, for anyone who's give the link to the in the in the. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> can you verbally tell us the link? And I will make sure I put it with the bio as well when we post out. So that way, anyone's listening, they can go check out the website. Awesome. Okay, um, so you want to pronounce it, or do you want me to try to bumble, bumble my way through it? <laughs> which, which one? Your, uh, your website. Uh, your website. Oh, the website. Mm -hmm. It's the, the Hadron Legacy. There you so go. So in okay. the story, a Hadron is kind of like a, it's like a regional, it's like an ambassador from each house that, okay. it's not just a normal ambassador, they're basically the advisor to the Regency. Okay, so um, now... You said that you've made writing your full time, but when I do my research, I, I find pieces. So I'm assuming you had another job at this point. So you let me know if I have this incorrect. All right. Um, mm -hmm. With many hours of being locked away from writing in cubicles. Tell me what the phrase the crumbs means to you. The what? The crumbs. Oh, the crumbs. Oh, okay, the crumbs. I think it's like crons. I was no. like, is that like a new like thing that the kids are saying? No, no. Like um, I said, sometimes my pronunciation. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I so in my life, in my life, but especially in my relationship, this that's really terminology from my marriage that we use. You know, like when you're married or when you're in your you're in a long term relationship, a serious relationship, you almost develop your own language with your partner. And so that's a phrase that my husband and I use quite often when we're kind of um just trying to describe where we're at emotionally or what we have to give. And it applies to my work as well, because even though I'm not married to my work, I do have a relationship with my work and it, and it is an emotional output. And so when I am, uh, when I was working even part-time, even when I went part-time, I think I filled this out when I was still full-time, if I filled out, um, in the, in the late spring in summer, I was part-time. But what happens is when I, get so, um, because I, I give myself completely to whatever I'm doing. That's just part of my nature. Um, I really strive for excellence. That doesn't mean I uh, accomplish it all the time, but I just, I abhor mediocrity. 
And so whatever I'm doing, it's getting all of me. And so with working full time in the career that I was in, in a corporate environment at a very high level, supporting high level, I personally wasn't at a high level, but supporting um, an owner of 13 businesses, uh, C-level um, executives, I just was working uh, 60, 70 hours a week at, at a, a level of excellence to the best of my ability. And so when I was trying to finish House of Bastion and then, of course, start House of Derekai, um, I was working with my crumbs, the crumbs that I had to give. The whole cookie, right, was going to my employer, rightly so, because they were compensating me. That's fair. But my crumbs was all I had to give to my passion. And um, and I do think that, that that from a character building perspective that did better me for so many years, I appreciate it so much more now uh, sitting in my office right now, which didn't exist a year ago, but um, it, it really was tough. And that's why the first book in part took me so long to write because it was, it was being fused together literally from a, a, a litany of crumbs and so uh, this book, The House of Derekai, uh, about halfway through its drafting is when I, um, may, well, maybe like two thirds of the way through its, its drafting of the manuscript, that's when I went full time writing and dedicated myself solely to it. And and you can tell a difference. Right. Um, I do think it's my best work. Um and, and it got and it got all of me in a sense. Well, with three minutes on our clock, I know we, we kind of went off a little bit on the website. That there is a lot on the website, so like that I can truly appreciate the time and effort that has went into that. And if you're into the series, it would be very informative. So that is a must follow through if you're listening. Please forgive me if I get this pronunciation right. The Hadrian series. Am I pronouncing mm -hmm. it right? Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, the Hadrian legacy. Yep. All right. I need it. I need a pat on the back for that. <laughs> Sometimes my pronunciation on some things. Um, so tell us about the new book coming out and tell us a little bit about the series now that we have a little over two minutes left. So basically, uh, what sets this series apart from other fantasy series is that, especially one that re that revolves around um, the throne or like a regency, is the Hadrian Legacy series. While there is royalty involved, the main characters are not royal. It's the the main character, the main cast, um, and the, our protagonists. It's all about the people who influence the regency, who vie over it, or who whisper in its ear, who could betray it, right? Um, and so that's pretty much where we get this tension between regions in this series. And that's that's predominantly in the first book, what we're dealing with. We're dealing with someone coming of age, uh, asserting into their role of uh, being a Hadron and encountering all of the tension now in their on their political landscape in a new area that they've never been to. And so in the second book, the, while the first book takes place in um, the Crown City, uh, where everything is more um, mixed and blended and cultures are kind of clashing and everything, in the second book is when we start to travel the map and we'll be going to the House of Derekai, which is in the south. And it's, it's heavily influenced by different tribes around the world, um, and just, I just have an appreciation for, um, a lot of different tribal cultures and I, um, you'll see clear, um, clear references to things in hopefully like in a little love child situation. But yeah, the second book is basically now our cast traveling, uh, to a new culture. Okay. 
Nice. And so tell us a little bit about the newest you're saying. This is which book is this in reference to the and the number of the books you have in the series? House of Derekai is number two, and okay. that's when they start traveling. Them okay, out. that's when and they start so traveling. they'll okay. be going to Derekai. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, all right. Well, that was a little bit shorter than I was expecting. <laughs> Just because <laughs> well, of the I'm West... keeping it to two minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm i going to sh actually shut the timer because it's going to beep. We actually have 34 seconds left, but we can go to a little bit longer. I just don't, I always worry about the camera stopping on me because it only records up to 30 minutes. So that's why I try to keep it about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so with talking about your latest, I want to ask you a little bit about the final feelings. Um, just like you're talking about your website and your, how you go about plotting. It seems like you're very in depth. So you put a lot of work into what you're mm -hmm. doing. So that says a lot to me. So when I read this, or when I go back to this, well, actually, I'm trying to relate to you now. Tell me about the kinks as they refer to how you smooth your book out and by, and you go back to pacify your brain by going in to add the color to your book. How does that exactly work? And what do you refer to as the color? That you're adding to your books so for me for me i'll say um and i don't want this to sound at all arrogant because i don't mean it in that way okay. i typically don't deal with kinks at the end of my book because normally i don't progress until i feel like it's a smooth foundation but what i do need at the end of the book is to make sure that that there is enough um that there's enough richness and texture in certain areas. So while while a base framework may exist in certain segments, you know, a couple paragraphs here, a couple paragraphs there to explain something, mm -hmm. what my beta readers help me do once I have the manuscript finished is they go and they and they identify areas where, you know, hey, I want more here. Hey, can you add some more backstory here? Or, you know, this these couple phrases, I, I get the gist, but it doesn't read smoothly or whatever. Um, in terms of like plot kinks, I typically typically don't have plot kinks, but that's because I'm so psycho about it from the beginning. <laughs> but what I do miss later on sometimes is the, is like the flow, um, or I'll get so methodical in explaining something or expressing like a history that I'll lose my prose a little bit. I'll lose, um, kind of the, the lyrical, um, flair in how I write, uh, when I am writing freely. And so, I usually have to sometimes go back through and add some color in that sense of, um, or, or adding snark. Sometimes I'll, I'll have a couple pages where there's no snark, there's no relief. And it's because those pages are pretty heavy. And so sometimes I'll go back in and I'll add uh, some more of my actual personality okay. into those things um, okay. to get out of my head. You know what I mean? Right. I understand what you're saying. So I get what you're saying about your color. You're, you're going back and you're making... You're trying to make sure you get all the details when you do the first first draft with your plot. And yeah. And then when you go back, you want to make sure that the character has more life to them. So you're trying to give them more personality to relatable. Is that where I'm taking from what you're saying? Yeah, I really, I just, I want everything to feel really rich. I mean, that's the best word I can use. I want the, I want the characters to feel rich, but I also want the world to feel rich. I almost want the world itself to feel like another character. And I think a lot of my readers would tell you that, that that's pretty, it's, it's a predominant theme. The world is almost its own character. It has just as much attention in it than my other characters. Um, and that's because I, I really want the reader to feel like they are traveling to somewhere new. And right. so hence all the details, the languages and stuff like that. 
Well, I am very appreciative of you coming on tonight. I'll tell you what, we actually need more time with you, like another podcast, just to go through. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, seriously, because... Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was only 30 minutes. No, well, it's, well, it's actually 20, but I try to stay under 30 oh, okay. because my camera will shut off after 30. I mean, it'll still continue to record, but I got to get up and restart it. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep yeah. the podcast. And also, I find it becomes more entertaining, but... Um, with as much as you put into your work, um, I would love to actually go back and um, I'm going to have to get my hands on your book if we do it. But I'm I th- I'm serious. I think I would like to go in and dive in and separate it and maybe even talk about the characters themselves. Um, no, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll tell I mean, you what. I mean, my readers would absolutely love that. They'd flip. They well, would love yeah, that. I think that would be a very entertaining um, just because you have so much there. Um, so mm-hmm. get with us. Maybe we can do that. We can go back in and set it yeah. up because I really would. We, I hate to be like, people are going to be like, yeah, what? <laughs> For one author? But <laughs> seriously. No, it's true. When we hop off, I will, uh, or I'm sure she's listening. She'll, she'll get a ping from me probably right after this because otherwise I, I'll forget about it with release stuff coming up down the road. But once we get it set in stone, I mean, I'm yours. Right. Well, I think it would be really cool because... I mean, we could do more than one podcast with your character just by how mm-hmm. much depth mm-hmm. you got in your your website. But I'm telling you, I would have to sit down and take some mega notes. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. So in the I would, first book, I'd have lost you, Kay. I'll, and I'm very sorry for that if we did. Um, I want to thank you again for being on the program. You were a delight. And again, we're going to have to get with Laura. And are you there now? There you are. Yeah, sorry. Okay. My uh, my husband was calling me and he interrupted our my, my mic. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I want to thank you so much for coming on. But yes, let's have to do that. Let's do a series. Let's do something yeah, that'd fun. that'd be awesome. That we can set it up. I do do some podcasts on Tuesdays. Um, I started a new segment um, for daily life vlogging. But we can probably find some room. I we're booked a couple months into this year, but we still got plenty of time after that. So, yes, let's look into that because, again, I'll need those couple months just to do my homework. I'm telling you. Right. <laughs> right. I feel you. I literally okay. quit my job to do my homework. Okay. <laughs> With Bloody Mary. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on the program. I want to thank our guests, as always, for coming in and listening. You guys make my evening the awesome. Thank you again. We'll talk to you soon. Probably next Thursday will be our next podcast. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye for now.